0: Thanks for listening to End of Discussion Podcast. This is going to be the first episode, and what I decided to do with it is I'm interviewing a missionary from Chile. Uh, This missionary's name is Bob White, and he lived about 17 years or so in Chile as a missionary. So I hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening.
1: Tell me a little bit about your faith story background. Well, uh, I was saved when I was seven years old. And um, I had had several doubts. Uh, I mean, I never really thought that I wasn't a Christian um, before that time. And so I thought I was uh, living everything right, just living the typical Christian lifestyle. And then I had a conversation with my parents um, when I was seven, like I said, and, um, they clarified a lot for me. And, um, at first I think it might've been out of a fear of condemnation. Um, but as, as, uh, the conversation developed as well as my faith, I saw it, I saw that it was more significant as a relationship, um, with Christ. And to be honest, being saved at such a young age, um, caused me some doubts in the future, um, for one, about my sincerity, as well as um, just the general struggles of of, um, belief, and as well as sin. And so, uh, that is the point in time when I say I'm saved, and I believe it, Um, but further down the road, when I was having these doubts, um, I talked to my parents again, and The thing that that made so much sense to me was that if i believe in christ and i'm pursuing a relationship with him then i don't need to have doubts about whether i was saved or when i was saved it's it's an ongoing relationship that you should be pursuing right now and so anytime that um, i feel like i have doubts um, looking back at that period in time i just evaluate myself right now um, with christ So, uh, I know you grew up on the mission field
0: uh, in Chile, so could you just tell us a little bit about Chile, what that was like, um,
1: or just go from there? Well, I was born in Chile, in Santiago, and uh, I think the weirder part was coming to the states periodically, um, because in Chile, the culture, the people, everything was normal to me. The only thing strange about Chile was that I was there because I didn't exactly fit in with the same ideas as those people around me thought or uh, whenever I would say something that didn't fit in with their worldview. I was the weird one. And so to me, Chile was normal. and I was weird. Um, But coming back to the States, I realized that I didn't exactly fit in with all the ideas. Um, or c- cultural, um, beliefs and practices as the states too. So, um, I, I, think that both cultures are fairly different from each other. Chile is, um, is very blunt culture. And, and you may think that the, the states is a blunt culture and to a certain extent it is, but, but Chile, they, they don't paint anything, um, rainbow colored or or nice when they say it, they say, um, blank to your face, um, without any hesitation. As a matter of fact, um, I just got off the phone a couple hours ago with some really close friends in Chile. And the first thing that they said was, man, y'all put on some weight. (laughs) So, um, it's, it's stuff like that. And then, um, sometimes people approach us Thinking that we're responsible for the politics of our nation, um, and so they uh, they critique us and our president for that, um, and and that, that also shows how much the the world is watching the U.S. Because people in Chile are concerned about politics in the U.S. and how COVID is going to affect the American dollar and all these things. So um, it's just a it's a very it's it's different it's just different but i i liked it um, chile i'll describe it to y'all was um it's very valley based on one side you've got the andes mountains and santiago is pretty much in the middle of hills and mountains and then to the west you've got um sea and so we we have to deal a lot with smog and um scheduled times when vehicle certain vehicles can and can't go out and so um that's one one thing it's not exactly a, a Democratic Republic as the states would be um, but it's along the same lines
0: all right so it is are there things like uh, so I know, I know you're born there, but are there things that um, were more Americanized in you there or have you brought more things that were Chilean here
1: mm a good one Um, like I said previously the world watches the US Mm -hmm. and um, and that not only includes politics and the dollar and their advances in medicine it also involves Hollywood culture as well and music and you can walk into a mall and you'll be hearing um, hip hop pop American music. And so um, to be honest, it's Chile has its own very distinguished culture, but it is not untouched by American culture, even if they've never been to the States before. Um, So I feel like in, in both situations, you asked me whether it was me being more American in Chile or more Chilean in America. Um, In both situations, I feel like I I took enough of both cultures that um, I Was looked at as different in either culture, so um, That's yeah, uh, that's the best response I can give to that. awesome. Can you give me some examples? I guess um Um, One of the major things when we had guests to the house was when mom cooked Um, she would mix salads and ingredients from chili but in in dishes um that were that had its origins from stuff she grew up cooking obviously nothing was exactly the same because you didn't have the same spices or even the same um kinds of vegetables or whatever in chili so that was one of the major things when people came to our house they knew it was going to be a novel experience food wise uh other things would be, um, I guess our, our opinions on religion um, would also be looked at as sort of an Americanized uh, look on religion. And so that was one thing that we also had to be cautious about was when we're presenting um, the gospel, we have to make sure that we're not presenting a gospel that is convenient to American culture or convenient to the culture that w- wherever we grew up in. And so um, that's, I think, a struggle that I've been able to witness in not only our missionary life, but other other lives as well was if somebody came from a different country to, to one that they're not particularly acquainted with and they didn't know that certain things were part of the culture then um then they would think that they're doing it wrong just because it didn't fit into the culture that they were originally from and so that was that was one of the major things and so when we did try to present a pure gospel presentation and and discipleship that way even though we kept it as as Basic as we could, um, they would still sometimes look at it as, "Oh, well, it's the American thing to do because I've grown up my whole life doing it this way," and um, and so it's just it's just their opinion rather, and and so that was sometimes a point of conflict. Uh, the the thing about Chile also is that um, if you look at statistics, it says it's predominantly Catholic, and um, But some people, we call them like nominally Catholic. Uh, Actually, in Chile, if you ask them their religion, they would most most of the responses I would get was soy católico a mi manera, which means I'm Catholic in my own way. So that means that they take or leave whatever their local um, father would say, whatever the the Pope says. They're like, well, if it doesn't really fit in with my lifestyle. I don't have to take it. And so that also means that they probably don't even know the regular attendees at their own church. So that was also uh, something that we have to confront because when they not only are presented with an skewed version of the gospel, but then they also lay in their own um, perspectives and, and um, adaptations to it, then they're already coming to You or where you're already approaching them and they're already having stigmas mm. um, About you and so we also had to be cautious about how we presented ourselves because You would say Baptist and They'd be like what's a Baptist and so I'm not saying there aren't Baptists in Chile, but it's not as um, predominant as here in the States so we would say evangelical and that would also bring up another series of stigmas because they would think, well, those evangelicals down the street are very wild. Um, Sometimes they say things that aren't even in Spanish. Um, Actually, they're not in any language. Um, And so they're like, I'm not even getting the Bible at this church. And so obviously we were evangelical, but we're not the, the stereotype in their brain. So we would say we believe the Bible and that would open a whole new conversation. Um, and hopefully um, that would take away some of the stigmas that they had about us.
0: All right, well, that's cool. Um, so I, I just want to ask you about, I, I guess this would be directed more towards like new converts when I say this, but uh, uh, for the new Christians, how how does faith function there? Um, so do you do you see it as as a new Christian a new Christian here and a new Christian there? Do you do you think it's similar in the way they practice faith, or do you think there's like things that that in that culture that affect the way they practice faith, um, and and the way
1: we practice faith here? I know this is kind of getting into a, a subsequent question you have for me. Um, but I think it's an appropriate response for this question. Lots of the Christians I interacted with were either first or second generation Christians. So that means that they couldn't go a couple blocks down the street to this kid that they knew was Christian their whole lives. And so when they have doubts or questions, they can just go to him. Or there's not a church that they can go to you know, um, 30 minutes away or sometimes or, or even they're much less 10 minutes away um, where they can talk about these doubts or whatever. And so um, when, you're, when you're surrounded by a secular culture or a culture that tells you that Baptists aren't the way we do things or Evangelicals aren't the way we do things, then it's often discouraging. And lots of the, the converts that I saw in the later years were youth. And these were youth that were already in college. And you can be guaranteed that they had quite a few atheist professors that said, if you don't do it my way, then you can be sure to fail the class. And so when you're, when you're constantly not only be, being poured in with these ideas and, and also being threatened um, academically with these ideas, then I can say it's it's very discouraging. And oftentimes the only Christian interaction they get is when they come to church um, on Sundays and then the small groups on Wednesdays. So I would say it's substantially different uh, in Chile. Um, also, we worked in a city of 7 million people. And so that means that everything is tight and crowded and, and you often don't get to interact with those people as easily because there's just... Um, so much hustle and bustle and and everybody's calling for your attention. And I feel like here, especially in Mississippi, we're more spread out um, But we're also less pressed time-wise and so if we need to take You know a couple hours just to go sit and talk with a friend and tell him our problems. It's more easily accessible You're saying here or here. There? Okay,
0: um in my experience so you made a comment about uh, them being first or second generation uh, Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, for the older community, there was was that a harder, harder demographic to present the gospel to, or um, which 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 age group, I guess, would you say would be the was the most difficult to talk to and try to present the gospel to, and, um, and why do you think that is?
1: I, I think each um, age group, no matter where you're from, is gonna have certain baggage that they you, that they're gonna have in certain um, hazes over their lenses when you're talking to them. the The older group, it was mainly that we've done it this way my whole life, and and you can be you can easily count that the older group was probably um, more Catholic than the younger group, and the younger groups would obviously be more atheistic, agnostic, you know, more skeptical. Um, but the older group, it would be, the, the idea would be like, you're telling me that everything I've done my whole life doesn't amount to anything. And so that, I think that was the, the hardest thing to interact, because some, some of the ideas that they would have of the gospel were severely skewed. And so I think that was the biggest drawback was that, and I think that's the biggest drawback for anybody. Um, when, when you're presented with an idea foreign than your own, it, it just kind of takes you a breath backwards saying, I can't believe I've, I've, this person's telling me that everything I've done in my whole life is wrong or is taking me nowhere, and so I think that was the, the hardest interaction that with the elderly group.
0: Um, did you see any pushback from I don't know, uh, parents that maybe would have claimed to be atheists and allowing their children to interact with y'all as missionaries?
1: Um, a little bit. I know that there was this um, one young man came right to my mind when you said that his parents didn't exactly know us and didn't take time to evaluate us and so they were they were more catholic based and so when they heard that he was leaving the catholic church to come to the, these foreigners church um that that was just a major discouragement for him because they were constantly saying well you know that's not what we would have wanted for you to do and and even when he wanted to be baptized um, They said that um, They wouldn't allow him to be baptized and so uh, He had to talk to my dad um, about that. He says well I know that the right step to take in, in the Christian walk is to be baptized But the Bible also says to respect my parents. So what am I supposed to do? And so in the end we we. um Presented the case to the church. He was still living with his parents. So there's not, you know the Bible says respect your parents and and they're the authority that's been given to you as long as you're in their household So he was he respected them as long as he was within their authority and finally he was able to get baptized But that was years later So um, I I did see you could see quite a bit of of drawbacks um, from from the family
0: Okay, all right. Um so obviously, I guess you would you would say there was uh, the genera- generational ties in Catholicism was the was the main pushback mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. saw mainly. So you didn't see it much from like non-believers that, that they were happy to let you work with their families or whatever. People that wouldn't necessarily uh, claim any faith at all were fine with y'all working
1: with them. Or? Um, lots of the people that didn't have a faith um, or claimed not to have a faith. Was because they had had some close experience with um, some really bad things that happened in in the uh, Catholic Church in their childhood, Um, and so they said, "If this is what the gospel or religion or anything has to offer," um, and it it was it was some pretty bad stuff that happened um, several years ago, and so they said, "If this is what." religion is, I'm atheist. And so oftentimes, they would um, be mad at religion, and yet um, harm themselves by claiming to be atheists. Um, and so instead of looking at God, they would look at the people that were claiming to be his followers. And so that would also kind of um, give people some drawbacks when whenever we'd come to them. Because obviously, we didn't want to be Associated with with the bad ideas in their minds, and so they kind of had a, a time of. I guess, you'd have to give them a time of kind of like investigation and clarifying of um, what we truly were bringing and presenting.
0: All right. Um, I don't know if it's okay to ask you, but if if you um, is it okay to kind of talk about your parents, I guess, and um, where they were from, and you know maybe. The generational ties there, too, I guess, with, with your mom and your dad and things like that. So just talk a little bit about them and where they're from and things like that. Um,
1: well, my um, mom is from Louisiana, and she grew up in a Christian household as well. Um, sh- her parents were saved actually when she was a kid, so she doesn't remember much of their not-Christian lives, but it was... Um, quite a different lifestyle than what they previously had. So, um, she grew up in a Christian household and, um, she did not see herself really as being a missionary to Chile, um, you know, and, and she even says that she often, when she began dating my dad, often had a romanticized view of mission work, as in, you know traveling the world and and all this stuff and it's funny to hear the stereotypes my my granddad had about um on my mom's side had about um mission work um sometimes um so they met at college and so dad's parents were missionaries as well and he was born in paraguay but their um The paperwork was different back then, so there's nothing that says that he's a Paraguayan by birth. But he was born in Paraguay, and he grew up in several countries in South America, but the most time he spent was in Chile. And so he also came back to the States. They both went to college, met there, um, dated, got married, and a few years later, they went to Chile, and it was, uh, it wasn't really an adjustment for my dad, because he knew the language, the culture, how to get around town. You know, you, you really didn't need a, a vehicle in a city of seven million people. But for my mom, she didn't know the language. Um, so she would have to go every day to communicate in English to someone that's trying to communicate in Spanish just to force her to learn the language while dad was trying to figure out paperwork and, and meeting with all these people about these adjustments. And so for mom, she's, you should just interview her. Um, she's got these huge uh, adventures that that came just about um, came about just because of the language miscommunications. So um, I say it was a bigger adjustment for mom than for dad. Um, but uh, whenever you're leaving family, um, even if if you're used to a culture, it's hard, and so. There was some giving and some taking in both both ways, I'd say.
0: So, Alright, so were, were your parents, was, was your father's parents, were they from, where were they from? Uh,
1: they're... Uh, f- for sure, they spent most of their lives in Mississippi. Um, I think my grandmom might have been from Arkansas. But, um, my, my granddad was a farm boy. And he never viewed himself doing anything except farming on my dad's side. And then World War II happened, and he got drafted. And um, as the story goes, he was in a foxhole in the middle of a fairly heated battle. And he told the Lord that he would be a missionary, because slowly the conviction had started coming to him if he survived the war and since that moment on he had no doubts that he was going to survive the war and he got out and he and his wife which was my grandma um, went to South America and and there were missionaries in in Paraguay Brazil Chile and they had seven kids along the way so so (laughs) that that was the youngest so um, my some of my older uncles were already out of the house when they um, were in Paraguay and stuff like that. But it, they they've got they, they've got interesting um, tales and, and the, you know they could speak three languages before they passed away and and all that. So and, and I think that's a good heritage that they've left behind too. Because um, even if um, other relatives aren't missionaries, they're still actively pursuing ministry in, in churches and their communities and stuff like that. All
0: right, so I asked that because uh, going back to, like, generational ties and things like that, and um, I just wanted uh, people to know that there, there was some, like, American probably views ingrained in you to, to some aspect because of, you know, your parents and uh, things like that. So, right. um, And also wanted you to ask you that so that way you... people aren't just thinking okay he's he's from somewhere else and you know there's not a lot of american views ingrained in him so there's no way he can actually critique or talk about uh, americans
1: right Um, my my grandparents on my mom's side they spent their whole lives in the same uh, town in the u.s and so um when when they they thought Um, sending my mom to go to college in a different state was one of the worst things that ever happened to them because that was splitting up the family. But when they found out she was marrying a guy halfway that was going to take her halfway across the world, that was just a whole new uh, scale for them. But uh, they never were a a barrier um, to them going to Chile because um, by that time... They they've they have a a whole new legacy of Christianity of their own, and um, that's an amazing story to tell. For another time, of course. Um, but they uh, I think the biggest, um, I guess, hurt for them was that they weren't gonna see their daughter, you know, or their grandkids uh, grow up, and you, that was before cell phones, and so you, you there was like. Fax machines were were tied into the story, and who knows when that would come through and, and stuff like that. But um. But there was always an encouragement, even though um, the cultures and stuff might not have always been the same. Or mm-hmm. Understand. All
0: right, um. So, uh. So what would you? I, I, this is one of the reasons I brought this up, because I wanted to ask you, what would you tell the Christians of the states? So you know, the United States, as a young missionary from Chile. Um, so do you see, uh, is there, is there, are there good aspects about being back in the states for a little while that, that you see that has helped you in your faith, or that are detrimental to faith, or things like that, um, compared to being in the mission field in Chile?
1: coming back to the States was I, I had my family um, I had my extended family here and I could rely on them to be a spiritual encouragement to me so aside from my parents um, whenever they they, um, they had problems too or the whole family was just dealing with something and they could Go to, to our extended family, knowing that each one of them was gonna pour into us spiritually um, for our good. That that was an encouragement because there's um, there's something about when family is is looking out for you, you know. And so uh, that that was always nice for me. Uh, spiritual encouragement is spiritual encouragement from whoever it comes from. So. Um, it was hard uh, leaving Chile to come to pursue an education in the States because there was people I had grown up with um, my whole life that had poured into me and that we had um, grown up, uh, grown so close together. And so even though biological family was not in Chile, um, I, I do have people I stay in t- contact with because they were dubbed my grandparents, my Chilean grandparents. And mm. so um, I think that to coming to come into the States, one, one thing that's discouraged me is that so many people um, claim to have good theology and go to good churches. But they're just as nominal as the nominal Catholics in Chile so that was a discouragement to me because I thought I'd come to the States and everybody that claimed to hold the same beliefs as me would actually hold the same beliefs as me which wasn't the case Um, but a good thing about here is that you don't I, I can go to a college that's Christian and that really was not a a very accessible option in Chile. And so I know that not everyone at this college is Christian, but I have teachers and advisors and best friends that I know are Christians and I can go to and run to. And so I don't have to just wait for Wednesday or Sunday so I can just pour out all the problems I've been having throughout the week concerning my um, spiritual walk and how other people have been attacking it and I feel like that has been something that a lot of young Christians in Chile haven't gotten so I've, I'm, I've been spoiled in that sense and I think that Christians in the state should t- take advantage of that because um, there are people that long to have that daily interaction knowing that I can go to this class and I can go to this job and I can go to that restaurant knowing these different people and knowing that they are Christians concerned for my spiritual walk.
0: Hmm, That's good. Um, So uh, this is where I'm going to close, really. uh, So there's not going to be... It's not a big question. Nothing like that. Nothing really get you emotional. Anything like that. Just want to know are there any last remarks or thoughts that you want people to know or hear? um, I
1: don't know. Um, Well, just my experience in Chile is not the experience of every individual in Chile. And if you ask um, my sibling or my parents, they're going to have testimonials and and stories that are different than mine. And so I am telling y'all my personal experience in Chile. And so when you um, are investigating a country, if you want to be a missionary... Um, don't think that everybody's experience is going to be the same as yours in that in that um, city or country or wherever you, you're uh, you're scouting out. So that's uh, that's it. I'm very grateful that you hosted me, and uh, I appreciate this time. I'm sorry, I I'm, I'm I appear to be long-winded. Looking at the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I appreciate the conversation,
0: and appreciate you, brother.
1: All right, thank you.